0: Well, turn to your neighbor and say, good morning. It's almost going to be afternoon. Hey, um, is there somebody here that would like to go? I have two tickets that I want to give them. Is there somebody here that would like to go to the concert that says, you know, I'd like to go, but I just don't have the money to go, or that I could give, give them two to be able to go? Margie, do you have somebody else that will go with you? Okay, we, I got two that I'd like to be able to give out. If I could give it to a couple or to two. Um, anybody, anybody, anybody going once, going twice so we can just give them out at the concert tonight. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Come on, Margie. You can, you can come up, come up. Yeah. Yeah. Come and get it. Come and get it. If you don't have a ride, I, I, you're going to work that out. I know God will work that out for you. Maybe you can take Rob. Well, when you get your ride worked out, something will happen. So let's believe God for that. Well, let's give the Lord some praise anyway. Hallelujah. You guys are good and blessed. And, you know, God wants to be involved in our situation. Do you know that? God wants to get involved. Tell your neighbor God wants to get involved. He wants to get involved. Okay, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, you guys, give me a little bit of time this morning. I want to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how many of you know before we started talking about the mission of Jesus, we were really talking about the book of Philippians and we were talking about living life by the book. It's not a legalistic thing, but how many of you know the word of God stands forever? Anybody know what Isaiah 40 verse 8 is? He says, Isaiah 40, verse 8. Now, I see some of you scrambling to look at your phones and try to get your Bible and look at it. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says this, That the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Oh, come on, somebody. The Word of God stands forever. So no matter what situation you're going through, no matter about the highs and the lows, the Word of God stands forever. No matter if there's life in your life and death in your life, the Word of God stands forever. There can be tsunamis and earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes, but I'm here to tell you that the Word of God stands forever. So no matter what your situation is going through, how many of you know it's the Word, the Word of God, that's going to stand forever? The Bible even talks about the heavens and the stars and the earth being changed, being different, but the word of God shall remain. Can I get an amen? Come on, I want a good hearty amen. Can I get an amen? Okay, I feel like I'm in the right church now. Philippians, in chapter. I want to look at chapter 4, but I just want to do just a little bit of review. For those of you Bible scholars that like to know a little bit about what takes place, with the word of God and, and how Paul began to write this, uh, I say a letter, epistle is what it's called, but we don't use the. I wrote you an epistle the other day and I just wanted to know if you got it or not. I sent you an epistle on the email. You know, we don't use the word epistle now, you know, it's, it's, it's a letter, say letter. So he wrote this, this Paul was in Rome. He was incarcerated. He wrote this letter to the Philippian church It had been 11 years before he was able to be with the Philippian church or since the last time that he was with them. He wrote this letter to the church after Colossians, after Ephesians, and after Philemon. So some of the the books in the Bible, you have to understand sometimes the context and when they were written. In Philippi, he was dealing with a Greek mindset. There were Greeks, there were Romans, there were... um, uh, it was an old Macedonian city, so there was a melting pot of people, kind of like there is in Woodward, kind of like there is in Oklahoma, kind of like there is in Laverne, kind of like there is in Fort Supply. There's just a, a, a group of a lot of different people, but he was really thanking them, and his he said not just they were in his head, but they were in his heart also. During this time, Nero was the emperor of Rome, so there was some still those conflicts that continued to be there. There was some personal rivals within the church that he talks a little bit about, but it was nothing major, nothing dividing the church, nothing that he says, hey, like the church in Corinth, there was some different things that were happening there. He was telling the church of Philippi that they were in his heart, and he loved them so much. So you can begin to see it's a genuine letter to them of love. It's a genuine letter to them of concern. It's a genuine letter to them of joy. So as we begin to start looking at this, I just want to take a look in uh, Philippians. I think it's 213. Um, I'm going to have you put that up. Yeah, it says, for it is God who is at work in you and both to will and to work his good pleasure. It's God's work in you. Now that word is the word we get energy from. say energy, come on, everybody, say energy, energy. it's where we get energy from. How I many you know the kids are full of energy, you know they got a lot of energy, but God has an energy that wants to work within you and through you to to get his good pleasure for his good pleasure. so you have to understand that God is at work in you. He works in us so He can work. Through us say that with me. He works in me so he can work through me. So that's what we're after. He wants to work through you. He worked in Moses for 40 years so he could work through Moses. He worked in David for many years. How many of you know when David was anointed to be king? He didn't step right into being a king. There were years that had passed by. There were times in the back of the wilderness where he, he killed the lion and he killed the bear and he killed those things. And how many even you know he was preparing him for the Goliath that was coming into his life? I want to speak to you prophetically because God is preparing us for some things that may be ahead. You may have a Goliath that's coming down the road and you may not realize that you're being prepared right now. God's wanting to work in you so he can prepare you to have victory over Goliath. Paul went through all sorts of things and you can hear it in his letters that he's written in the New Testament. He had been had beaten. He had been. Rocks had been thrown at him. He'd been stoned almost to death. He had been shipwrecked. He had gone. I mean, how many times? If you know, if you get shipwrecked once and you're in the open sea, I'm not getting back on a boat. But yeah, he had. Sometimes he had no choice. They put him on a boat, right? They were they were transporting him. So he got back on it. He had been that three times. He had gone through all these different things. But yet, in the midst of what he was going through, the gospel continued to advance. And it's amazing, Richard, that on my note here, I've put down here, he got to trust God in a new way. How many of you know... God's not going to turn around and take away those things that had happened to you in the past, but he'll give you a different view on those things so you can begin to walk out those things and overcome those hurts and overcome those pains and overcome those situations. And that's what he was really telling to the church of Philippi also, that you can begin to trust God. Say, trust God. Trust God in a more amazing way. So Paul was able to trust God. How many of you know they were in jail at one time and they just began to worship the Lord? They trust God in such an amazing way. Now, we also talked a little bit about forgetting. Uh, Hebrews ten seventeen, the scripture says that God takes your sins and iniquities and he says, I'll remember them no more. Say no more. And he was quoting Jeremiah. And we talked about that a lot of times we don't forget. How many of you know when you get hurt, it hurts? You don't forget about that hurt. And sometimes that pain is real and that hurt is real. And sometimes you can, you know, I I cut my thumb back in the ninth grade working on a, with an X-Acto knife working on a a piece of wood and and it slit my thumb and they stitched it up. And for many years I would touch that and I could feel it and it would hurt. I'm talking five, ten years later, I would bump it on something and it would hurt. Come on. We may have some wounds. We may have some hurts. We may have some pains that it may have been five and ten, 15, 20, some, 30, 40, could be 50 or 60 years old yeah, later ago. Then you're still dealing with those hurts and pains. Those things are still real. And it's like, God, how am I going to? I can't forget about it. I forget about it. I, I can't forget about it. It was real. But what he was saying is that God will give you away if you'll trust him to be able to take that hurt and that pain and begin to process it in a different way, to be able to come to an understanding that you're going to have peace. Now I've got a scar that's there, but it no longer hurts. I can hit it. I can knock it on something. It doesn't remind me of that. In fact, I totally forget about it sometimes until I might be looking at my, my thumb and I can see the stitch marks. God wants us to do that even with our emotional pains and our emotional hurts. The best way in just reviewing still to break the power of the past is to live in the future. Let's live in the future. Your best days are still ahead. Oh, turn to your neighbor next to you and say, your best days are still ahead. Your best days are still ahead. Your best days are still ahead. And a lot of times we're so caught up in the past that we stay back in that past. And it was the same way with Paul. Paul had gone through all this different things. But how many of you know those things didn't change, but his understanding of those things changed. The hurt may still be there, but God wants to say your understanding of those things are going to change. God says, I'll never leave you, never nor forsake you. I'm always going to be there. He was there in the beginning. He'll be there in the end. Come on, somebody. See, that's our God. That's what we're talking about. So Paul had all these different issues that he dealt with, but yet he was saying, Look, my future is still great. If you leave me here and beat me, then I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer for the Lord, and God's gonna be promoted. The gospel's gonna be preached. If I die, it's still gonna gain. If I suffer, I'm still gonna gain. So either way, I credit it all to God, and I know that I'm gonna gain and the gospel's gonna be preached. See, those are the things that God wants to do in us as well. Those hurts and pains, he wants to change how you, in fact, today it was sung. Step in. He wants to step into your situation. Not that he'll forget take it totally away. Paul was like, man, I got this problem. I got this issue. I got this thing going on. And he was like, God, take it from me. And God was saying, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, you're still going to deal with those issues, but guess what? I'm going to teach you how to operate differently in those, and you'll begin to see the future and not the past. You'll be see the promise and not the pain. A lot of us, we don't get to see the promise. All we do is focus on the pain. So let's get into Philippians chapter 4. Everybody turn to Philippians chapter 4. There's a place that I want to get there. I am excited about the Word of God today. Philippians chapter 4. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, and he's talking to the church, man, and he says, You are my joy, or, or yeah, my joy and my crown. Wow! I mean, he says, I love you so much. You're my joy and my crown. I want you to know, I talk about you guys when I go to places because you're my joy and my crown. And I talk about you guys. And man, these are amazing people, and you should see the, the battles that they're in the middle of, and you should see the victory that they're coming out of. There's people coming out of stuff. You're on your way out. Come on, somebody. You're on your way out of something here. So you're my crown and joy. And he goes on and he says, I long to see my my joy and my crown in this way. He says, stand firm in the Lord. Listen, wherever you're at right now, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm on the things of God. Verse 2. He said, I urge Erodia. And I urge Synthic to live in harmony. These are two women. He goes on in verse 3. Indeed, true companions, I ask you also to help these women who have shared in my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement, also the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Listen, your name is in the book of life. And the Bible talks about it being blotted out. So your name is in the book of life. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your name is in the book of life. And how many of you know Nobody's going to take that thing out. Come on. Your neighbor ain't going to take it from you. Hello? Nobody's going to do that. He's, he talks about these wonderful ladies and Clement. Clement was obviously a, a worker that helped him tremendously. And then he comes into verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I again, I say rejoice. I'm like, sometimes I don't feel like rejoicing. How about you? Sometimes I might hear the word of the Lord saying, Rejoice. I don't feel like rejoicing. I just feel like crying. Rejoice! I don't feel like rejoicing. I just got this pain. I just want to be mad. I want to be angry. I want to kick the cat. I want to beat the dog. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all just the holy church here. That's just, and maybe I'm just the only one that has to deal with some emotions and stuff every now and then. It's like, wait a minute. You know, why am I getting angry in this situation? Why am I getting upset in this situation? So he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I say again, rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentle spirit be known to all men, for the Lord is near. I don't know as if much as he was talking about the rapture. I think he was talking about God's not far from you. Hello. And a lot of times we get in situations and we wonder where you're at, God, if we'll just look, and you might find Jesus standing right over there, involved in seeing that situation. So he says, the Lord is near. Say, the Lord is near. He says, be anxious for nothing. (laughs) Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Do I have any? Never mind. I'm not even going to take a survey this morning. But sometimes we all worry. Worry, worry, worry. I understand that sometimes you could hire a professional worrier. That's like a professional worrier. Some people you think they're professionals because that's all they do is worry. They worry, worry, worry. He says to be anxious for nothing. How many of you know anxiety cannot change the state or the condition of anything from bad to good. You being anxious about a situation isn't going to make that situation good or bad. Hello? Well, I got to worry. Somebody's got to worry. Nobody's worried. I mean, you know, this is this sky is falling, you know, it's like chicken little, you know, or whatever it might be. I gotta worry, gotta worry, gotta worry. You know, you know what's going on with the economy. Economy's gotta bad. I gotta bad. I gotta worry, I gotta worry. And then he not worrying about it. I gotta worry about it. somebody has gotta worry about it. The sun's coming up, the sun's coming down, there's admissions, there's no homes stuff, there's all sorts of stuff going on with the world. I gotta worry, I gotta worry, gotta worry, gotta worry, gotta worry. What about my kids? What about my children? What about my grandchildren? What have I got enough? I got enough, I got a little, gotta have too much, I gotta have too much. What if I got too much, I got too much. If I got too much, I want to have a little bit. What I gotta worry. Somebody's gotta worry, somebody's gotta worry. What am I gonna do with school? I got school, I gotta go gotta pass, I gotta fail, I gotta get I gotta do better a job. I'm gonna Am I gonna be able to? Be, I'm gonna be out on the street. I'm gonna be out on the street. I'm gonna, I gotta, gotta worry. Gotta worry. Somebody's gotta worry. Somebody gotta worry. Somebody's gotta, worry. Somebody's gotta, worry. Somebody's gotta worry. I don't know where that came from, but you know some people like that. Amen. Come on now, you know some people like that, and it's like, hey, 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 hey. It's not gonna change anything, but you know what it does? It injures your own soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. So what is worry? What is worry? It means worry, if you look at this in the Greek, to be anxious or to worry for nothing. It literally means that, that you're being pulled in a different direction. You're being pulled in a different direction. In other words, our hopes and fears, let me let me, let me do this. Shorty, you, you always are good for me. Okay, do you want to come on up and, and help him too? You hold on to this arm, okay? I'm just, I like illustrations here. It's good, but you hold on to this arm right here. Now, listen, guys. I'm an old guy, so it'd be nice for me. So shorty's hopes and fears, and he's pulling in that direction. Pulling that direction. So he's pulling it now. Now everything. My hopes are this way, and, and my Kate's uh, uh, my fear. My fear. Now and we're going this way. No, no, we're going back this way. So all of a sudden, I'm beginning to worry, and my my hopes are over here. Oh, I got hope in you, brother. Come on, help me, baby. help me, baby. But I'm afraid. I'm I'm afraid. I don't I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I, I'm not good enough. I, oh, but I got hope in you. All right, let's give the Lord some praise for these guys. This is one direction. Amen. There's different directions. See that that worry. That's what it does. I'm over here, and then I'm over here, and then I'm over here, and then I'm over here, and I'm worrying, I'm worrying, I'm worrying, I'm worrying. So there's that anxiety, there's that fear that continues to come in. In fact, do you know that there's physical consequences to worry? Headaches, pains, back pains, ulcers, issues with your digestion. I heard migraines over there. That's right. A lot of that stuff can come from worrying, 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 worrying. I mean, sometimes even our coordination, you can worry so much, so that you get up, you're like, oh, I can't stand up. You know, I'm, I'm, there's, there's some coordination issues that can happen from worrying. But how many of you know that there's a spiritual point of view that worry takes on? It gives us the wrong mind, the wrong mindset. And then all of a sudden, it begins, continues to actually come down to the heart. And her heart begins to deal with circumstances. So you could love somebody one moment and the next minute not like them at all. Because there can be worry that can happen. There's some spiritual things that happen. And we're going to begin to look at this. Because it's the peace of God that will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So Dr. Walter Cavert, here's what he said. He reported in a survey on worry. Listen to this, that 8% of things that people worry about are actually legitimate matters of concern. 8%, say 8%. Now, let me see, 100% minus 8% is 92% left. He said, so the things that we worry about, 92% are imaginary, never happen Involve matters that you don't have any control over. So maybe when they say, don't worry about it, that maybe we're looking at that 92%. But listen, as a worrier, as a worrier in my family line, my mother was a great worrier. She was. And I have to fight that. Oh, come on, somebody. And it's not easy, but a lot of times we imagine these things. If it's imaginary, never happened, or it involves matters outside of my, my, my control, then I have to understand the Scripture. How many of you know the Word of God? It's going to last forever. Come on. And it says in Corinthians 10, it says to pull down those vain imaginations. Those are those thoughts that come in, those imaginations that set themselves up against the knowledge of the Word of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry. Don't worry. I got a, I got a video I show. Have anybody seen the movie uh, The Bridge of Spies? I want to recommend that movie to you. I want to recommend that. If you haven't seen it, it's a true story. I like true story movies. But in that movie, the United States had captured a Russian spy. And in this Russian spy, how many of you know they got to be calm, they got to be cool, they've got to be collected, a double agent or whatever it might be? And then Tom Hanks is is in this movie, and I want to share this clip because one of the greatest things I got out of this movie we found in this clip here. So if we're ready to show that, Mike, let's show this a moment. This is called The Bridge of Spies. I don't work for the government. I am here to offer my services as your legal counsel. If you accept them as such, I work for you. If I accept you? Are you good at what you do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Have you represented many accused spies? No, not yet. This will be a first for the both of us. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You accept. Yes. All right. Good. Okay. Let's start here. If you are firm in your resolve not to cooperate with the U.S. government... I am. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Then do not talk to anybody else about your case, inside of government or out, except to me, to the extent that you trust me. I have a mandate to serve you. Nobody else does. Quite frankly, everybody else has an interest in sending you to the electric chair. All right. You don't seem alarmed. But would it help? How did we do in there? Uh, Not too good. Apparently, you're not an American citizen. That's true. And according to your boss, you're not a Soviet citizen either. Well, the boss isn't always right. But he's always the boss. Do you never worry? Would it help? what do you think will happen when you get home i think i'll have a vodka yeah yeah but rudolph is there not the possibility that my people are going to shoot me yes you're not worried would it help You're not worried. Would it help? We got through watching that movie. I told Sheila, I was like, man, what a, what a, what a message I got on worry. Because it doesn't really help. But you know, how many of you know that, that God has a solution to some of the problems? Come on. He's really got us. His word's got a solution to all the problems. So let's look at verse 6 where it says, where he, where he says in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, say everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. So I want to give you, real quick, four things about everything. Say everything. And you can see it right here in this scripture. Everything in prayer. Say prayer. Prayer is approaching God. Prayer is the adoration, the devotion, and the worship. Prayer is communicating to God it's understanding who He is and He has answers for you. It's 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 that prayer, it's not easy. It can be difficult at times. It can be inconvenient if you wake up at three in the morning and it's about prayer. Two in the afternoon, or when you're on your way to work, and how many of you know? His prayer wants to bring comfort his prayer wants to bring peace his prayer wants to bring wisdom his prayer wants to bring revelation he wants you to be able to pray he says by everything not just a few things but in everything I don't know how to take care of my kids they're being nutheads you mean I don't know what to do with them they're just running around acting like a uh, like they don't aren't even saved I'm just saying that i'm but prayer can answer those things come on Prayer can help us get an understanding. Prayer can put things in proper perspective. The second thing is petition, where he talks about. Or supplication is what some say. It's basically requesting an answer for a specific thing. God, I know you've got an answer for this. I know you've got an answer for this. God, what, what, is, what is your answer? The third thing is thanksgiving. Say thanksgiving. This, they're all key. They're all important. But I think thanksgiving is the attitude of your heart. Thanksgiving is an attitude of your heart. There's a biblical example there where Jesus healed ten lepers. One of them returned to give him thanks. How often are we thankful? I don't think thanksgiving needs to just be a message at Thanksgiving time I think we it's an attitude of our heart how often do I express my thankfulness for other people in our lives how often do we say thank you to you thank 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 you how often are we thankful for God well i I wanted steak and I wanted it Done just right. I've learned to eat steak no matter whether it's prepared, unprepared. Well, I try not to eat that real raw stuff. You know, I'd like to have it cooked. But if I get it too much overdone, I'm still thankful. Oh, come on, somebody. And I don't think you should have to go without in order to be thankful. I don't think you have to be like me when I was in college and I was younger and I was trying to put food on my table, and I would get my dollar ninety nine and go down to the KFC meal deal. $1.99, now it's five bucks. But sometimes I had that, and I only had that for, that was all I had to eat for three days. But I say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I, I can tell you, no, I'm thankful when I get hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. But I'm also thankful when I have a lobster. Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, I ain't eating no lobster. It's not about that. It's about the lepers that were healed. And one of them came back and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's thankful. So not only is it prayer, not only is it supplication or petition, but it's thanksgiving. And the other thing in here, the other thing about everything is partition. Let our requests be made known. Let's partition him. Let our requests be made known. A lot of times we just say, well, God, God knows my thoughts. Yes, he does know your thoughts, but he wants you to voice it to him. My kids know my thoughts that I love them very much, but if I never voiced it to them, how would they receive that? You know I love you very much. I want to voice to you how much we love you. We love you. We're grateful for you. We're thankful for you. We pray for you. We have petitions for you. That's everything. This request really speaks of some specific things. Get specific with God. I need to know. I need her to be specific with me. I need to be specific with her. Well, what do you want to eat? Oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you decide. Well, let's go to KFC. Well, not there. I'd do the same thing. Oh, baby, whatever you want to choose, that'll be great. What do you want to have tonight? Well, oh, you know, we'll have hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. Well, I've had that for the last three nights. Are you with me? But I really believe that let's not do the shotgun prayer. Shotgun prayers are all right. It's where you just shoot it into the air. But I think we should be specific. If there's something going on in your life, petition God with that specific thing and say, God, I need healing on this. I am jealous in this area or this person or this situation or what is it that's going on? Let's be specific. How many of you know God is a specific God? Amen. Let's look at verse 7 because here's what I know, that when we do the everything, but in everything, the peace of God, now all of a sudden if we do these four things, and this is not a formula. But it's in the word of God that says you do these four things, then the peace of God that transcends all understanding. How many of you know I need the peace of God in my life that transcends my understanding, that transcends my education, that transcends everything that is about me? It surpasses all comprehension. He said, oh, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Guard your heart and your mind. It's like a garrison. It's like having soldiers all of a sudden up guarding your mind. Hey, that is an angel over there and one over here. And it was two strong guys pulling me in different directions. You know what I mean? But how many of you know you've got a God wanting to guard your mind so he, so you can begin to have peace. Say peace. Peace beyond our understanding. Maybe because peace is so real in me that I know that it's an indicator of everything that I do. If I don't have peace in it, I'm not going to do it. Come on, somebody. It was an African pastor from Reinhardt Bonnke's, was healed and Reinhardt raised from the dead in Reinhardt Bonnke's ministry. Actually, it was after the ministry had taken place. They brought the pastor, he had died, he'd already been embalmed. Talk about miracles of God. I think they need to make a TV movie out of that deal. He had already been embalmed. They took him into the bottom of the crusade, and they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and raised him from the dead. When he came back, he shared his testimony. When he came back, he and his wife started to get into an argument, a discussion, and he obviously knew he had been with Jesus. Because when he woke up, he had had this pad while he was with Jesus. He was writing these things down. When he woke up, he said, where's my pad? And they were like, what? They were like, where's my pad? My tablet. Where is that at? And it probably wasn't a digital tablet like you guys think about today, but it was a pad. And they said, "We don't, you don't have a pad." He was writing these things down. Here's what I'm getting at. Here's the testimony that he said he and his wife would would get into a discussion. It would become agitated, and he'd go lock himself in the bathroom. What? He was avoiding the conf- the, the the conflict. No. He had just been with the Lord. He knew how important peace was in his life. Come on, somebody. There's times where you, you know you've got to have peace. He goes through this and he says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known and the peace of God will begin to come. We're trying to operate and get peace through other means or other situations or other circumstances or other, you name it. We're trying to get peace through that. And he says, do it through prayer, petition, Thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And guess what? And he says in everything, if you do these things, then the peace of God will come. It will begin to guard our heart and guard our mind. Out of the issues of the heart flow, out of the innermost being flows what? Rivers of living water. That's out of your heart, the cardia, the, the center that you are operating in. How about if, as a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Do you see how important this is? Say, this is important. And in Ephesians chapter 2, Jesus himself says, he himself is our peace. Say, peace. He's our peace. He's our peace. He's our peace. Susan, if you'll come on up, I would appreciate that. We have to have a secure mind. When you have a secure mind, the God of peace will guard peace. The God of peace will guard peace. In verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report. If there's anything excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Those of you that are taking notes, here's some points. I want to give you six thoughts in a wholesome life. You want to have a wholesome thought life? Here's the six things. Real quick. Number one, it's true. Whatever is true. Whatever is true. Say True. That means honest. That means reliable. That's truth. The second thing is honorable or noble. Whatever is honorable, notable. It's whatever is dignified. What is worthy of respect? What is worthy of respect? He said, think on it. Meditate on it. What's true, think on it. I got to take this. I got to take this to replace the other things that try to come against my mind. Are you with me? Those lies of the enemy that says you're no good, then you've got to find out who you really are. Those lies of the enemy that says you cannot and you've got to find out I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's, it's honorable, noble. The third thing is right. Well, what's right in the world, that's what I'm doing. Well, does it conform to God's standards? Hello? Because they're going to pass laws and make things right, legal, because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Come on, somebody. The fourth thing is pure. I was trying to get me one of those ivory bar soaps, 99% pure. You know what I'm talking about? The the, the commercial, you ever seen it, the 99% pure? Those ivory bar soaps float. They're 99% pure. I'm like, what's the other 1% that's in there? So, again, the purity is it's not mixed with impurities. What's what's pure? We've got to think on these things. We're talking about wholesome thought life. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We've got to continue to have a wholesome thought life. And I'm not saying this from co- condemning anybody, but I'm just saying let's operate in this. Why? Because it's a principle in the Word of God. And when those thoughts begin to come in, you've got to take those thoughts captive. If you want to get over worried. Would it help? Aren't you worried about this? Would it help? Would it help? Number five, after pure, is lovely. Say lovely. I'm not talking about beautiful. We're not talking about when you look at this word, it really means um, acceptable. What promotes peace rather than conflict? What can I do? What's lovely? Then how can I promote peace in this situation rather than conflict? Now, there has, sometimes there's situations that have to have conflict. There's conflict. But the whole deal is to have the conflict so there can be some resolution come forth. It, God wants to re- resolve those things. So the, he wants to come up with a solution, right? If there's conflict, there's got to be a solution. There's a solution that's there. He wants you to have resolution instead of something being unresolved. Lovely. And number six is good report. Good report literally means well-spoken of. It means positive construction instead of negative deconstruction. Well, Eric, you're just always positive. I'm a realist. Well, what is that? Well, you know, it is what it is. No, it is what God says it is. So the real thing is to understand this, that God wants us to have positive and be constructive, not negative and deconstructive. How many of you know Jesus is a builder? He wants to build you up. He wants to work in your life. God wants that to happen. And he goes on and he says, these things, any of these things that are excellent. These things are pretty excellent stuff. Worthy of praise. Hey, think on these things, dwell on these things, meditate on these things. Because worry comes out of meditating on the wrong things. Meditating on the wrong things. Yes or no? Am I right or wrong? Don't shout me down. It is what it is. We meditate on those wrong things. We take those lies of the enemy and we meditate on those things. And then all of a sudden, they want to begin to master us and have control over us. Well, in the same way, we can meditate on the Word of God. There's life in the Word of God. There's joy in the Word of God. There's peace in the Word of God. He says, meditate. Think on these things. A Christian life is accelerated by meditating on the proper things. That's all I've learned. I've learned that I can think about the bad or I can think about the good. But the more I think about the good, the more I want to do the good. Come on, somebody. The more I think about the things that God has done for me. So a Christian life involves proper thinking. Proper thinking. Will you stand to your feet today? Because here's what I know. Proper thinking leads to proper doing. If we pray properly, it leads to thinking properly. If we think properly, it leads to believing properly. Come on, somebody. If we believe properly, then we're going to live properly. Hey, what about love? We need to believe. We need to think about love. We need to believe properly. We need to understand properly. Then life can begin to come properly. So what about you today? It's it's right thinking leads to right believing. Are you with me? Anything good, anything perfect, anything pure, anything lovely, think on these things, meditate on these things, anything of good report, think on these things, think on these things. And brothers and sisters in the Lord, you've got to think on those things continually. Pull down those thoughts and imaginations and mindsets of the enemy that says, no, you're no good. You can't get over this. You can't break out of this. No, God is saying all things are possible to him that believe. And Paul was telling the Philippian church the very same thing that I'm telling you today. He was saying, look, I, I love you. I'm proud of you. Wholesome living. Let's Let's think this way and we can begin to live this way. But you know what? It all has to happen with a heart change. It has to happen with a heart change. Let me pray for you this morning. Just close your eyes a moment. Just put your hand on your heart this morning. Father, we just declare right now that we're going to begin to start thinking God's thoughts, that we have the mind of Christ. That, God, you've got a way through every situation. You've got a way through every circumstance. God, I thank you that we line everything up with your word And it's your word that speaks truth. It's your word that speaks life. God, we thank you for the prayer. I ask that that your people here today, Living Word Fellowship, those watching us on the Internet, will begin to continue to pray and petition you supplications and thanksgiving and make our requests known and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds today. God, step into situations and circumstances. Step into situations and circumstances today, God. Step into those situations today. And God, let us help. Help us. Help us to think on those things because it's real easy to worry. I want to leave you with this. Would it matter? Would it change anything? Does it really make a difference? Father, forgive us. Touch us. Cleanse us. Now, if you're here today, just continue to stay in an attitude of prayer. And you've not given your life to Jesus Christ. You can. Maybe you're here today and some of the things we've touched on, you just need somebody to pray with you. We've got prayer teams here to the north of the sanctuary that are available, private, personal prayer teams for you. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Maybe you need somebody just to speak a word of encouragement to you, to bless you. Today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you're saying, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe it's time for change. Maybe it's time for me to know this God that's not not a far away God. He's a personal, intimate God. Maybe the Holy Spirit's calling you Because nobody's coming to God Without the wooing of the Spirit of the living God And I believe He's wooing you today Maybe you're here today And you're saying, you know, I just want to reconnect with God today Just invite Him into your heart Just say, God, come into my heart Maybe you just say, God, help me Just let me reconnect with you Maybe I've done some things that that have separated me Or you feel like they've separated you from God God still loves you And He still wants to communicate with you just begin to receive Him today. Maybe you're here today and you just need prayer. We want to be able to do that for you. Father, I bless you today. Bless your people here today. I thank you, God, for all that you do in our lives. God, I ask you to continue to encourage and strengthen your people here today. Let us live a life, a thought life that is whole healed, fullness of God. Now we can have peace. I thank you that you're giving peace in situations right now that they haven't had. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hey, listen, we love you. We bless you. We've got some prayer ready for you today. Be blessed to go forth in His power and His might today. God bless you. Hey, join the concert if you need concert tickets. We've got them available for a great cause. Um, We would love to send you to the concert. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Go forth in his power and his might. May the peace of God be upon your life. In Jesus' name.